and welcome to the Corporate Global Fantasy Premier League podcast. This week, we're here to talk about James Bond in fantasy football. <laughs> I'm your host, Wyatt Keener. I'm your host, Taylor Hare. Happy Halloween. I'm Evan Estes. Wow. And I'm your <laughs> what an guest. intro, Wyatt. Uh, and I'll, also, I'll be your guest this week. <laughs> your host and your guest. I really... Uh, <laughs> A versatile, a versatile person. Um, why? So what, what did, did you guys think of the premiere of Daniel Craig's last go as Jimmy Bond? Wow! The premiere of the last. Yeah. What? It's a good question. Uh, I don't watch James Bond, so I don't have an opinion. Taylor, I haven't watched a James Bond film since uh, I think it was Skyfall, but I've I always enjoy them. They're fun. Yeah. That's what people say. I've never seen a James Bond movie before. Really? Yeah. You've never seen one? Not one. I've seen bits of Skyfall. Also, sorry, I keep moving in my chair. For some reason, I really want to get in my mic. I'm sorry (laughs) that it's probably making a lot of squeaking. I'm done. I'm sitting still now. I just get excited about the Bond man. Wow. Wait, who's going to be the next Bond? Harry Visor. No idea who that is. (laughs) Sorry, this is an inside joke between me, William, and Reed. Hope they listen to this one. And for the rest of you, uh, I don't know. I'm hoping it's Harry Visor, but but he's just a Twitter guy with about seven followers. So probably unlikely. (laughs) Uh, I can't believe it's not a woman. Yeah, that's a good question. They're canceled. Canceled. I mean, they've they've not they've not had Doctor Doctor Who did it. They should Mm -hmm. easily have like they should easily be able to mix up the James Bonds by now. I mean, come on. Can I ask a quick question while I've got you guys here? how does so I know how like Doctor Who works and the new doctors and the like how yeah. the show makes that work? How does a new James Bond happen? Do they start like the whole do they like just start from scratch? And, like, here you know, here's a new story about James Bond, or is there like a do they work it into a storyline somehow? I think it's like I think I could be wrong about this, but my impression is that it works like a video game with like a last save, and it's mm. like they have they have like the bond story and then when he peters out it's like start from most recent save point and then you do, <laughs> and then you do the same thing with a new character it's kind of like that that makes sense to me i mean it's better than starting from scratch uh while we're on the topic of bond and i got you guys here uh who in the premier league is the next the most likely to play bond and why is it harry kane oh why you know i was about to ask that same question of you does harry, harry kane, kane is- look like bond or he could be a bomb. No. Oh. No. He does until he opens his mouth. <laughs> yeah. Evan, you've got a strong opinion. I know exactly Harry Kane, who I think. Yeah, Harry Kane is not a James Bond. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. It's Please. definitely it's definitely Bobby Firmino, right? <gasps> uh oh, it could be. I also I also want to throw in this might be a little sneaky. Uh John McGinn. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine that dude be playing James Bond? He's got such a small head. I know, I love it. He's got a fit upper body though. But He's yeah, really very does. strong I, if, looking in that if shirt. I, if if I'm picking who I want to see James, I want to see Adama Traore run oh. around as James Bond. Yeah, just destroying wow. people. Wow. Imagine his thighs in a suit. I know. How would that work? That would have to be. I hope that he wears like a very loose suit. Oh, that's a good point. Uh, I mean, it would have to be. I don't, you know. Goes goes for some drape. Oh, yes. <laughs> wow. 
Yeah, that's a. I I still think I, I think Bobby Firmino would bring just the right amount of like, like schmaltz to the role. It's like I could totally see him just like sidling up to a poker game with a martini. <laughs> he would be a good one. Let's be honest. He's he got like the perfect amount of suave. <laughs> He's <laughs> he's got a, the right amount of suave, but also like. You know, he's good at what he does, too. So. Yeah. He's all suave, baby. Bobby is. <laughs> yeah. Um, those, those pearly whites. Hmm. Yeah. Can you imagine on the silver screen, those pearly whites? <laughs> It'd be blinding. Yeah. <laughs> We'd have to wear sunglasses in there. They'd have to give us a warning, like, sunglasses. Sun- and we all put them on when it says it. And then they, then he smiles. And then it is like, okay, you can take them off now. And then we take them off. Wow. It, has Bobby ever had a glass of coffee or tea? Oh, I mean, I feel like these are these are definitely either fake teeth or like some kind of like cap situation. Mm. Yeah, I think they were probably surgically done. Surely they would, right? I don't know. I think I read and this I could be totally wrong about this, but I think I read an article about how both he and Klopp got their teeth done by the same person, and it's somewhere in (laughs) Turkey. I could be totally making <laughs> no, that I up, but I, I think I read that somewhere. They both have very big teeth. Yeah. Very wow. big. Man, well, Wyatt, we're so happy to have you on to talk about your um, award-winning, uh, you know, league-leading team in the Fantasy Premier League, the Corporate Global Fantasy Premier League, and also your zombie team, which was yeah. a league-leading team, but is is sadly mm. no longer so we'll get to talk about that too yeah i'm excited um, to talk about these things thanks for having me on sorry yeah. what, i missed my qi spoke when i shouldn't have <laughs> no that's fine back to Taylor. Uh, listener be ready there's gonna be yeah. a lot of apologizing <laughs> on this one i do want to ask you so this is something I... <laughs> i'm sorry why you're not wrong. sorry i'm sorry i, I want to say i'm sorry but you, you no 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 i'm so. sorry i didn't mean to put this on one's on like me that. this is this no, is no no this one's me i insist Okay. <laughs> before we talk about before we talk about that, and while we're still kind of on the topic of some clothing, some drape, um, uh, I want to ask you something that I put in the Discord and that no one responded to. I can't believe this. <laughs> I honestly uh, didn't know exactly what you were talking about, but go Pres- on. Presno Kimpembe plays center back for for PSG. Played an entire international game for France with his sleeves rolled up at least three or four times. It was, I'd never seen it before. Yeah, uh, I'm a big fan of Kimpembe's look at large. Uh, I would love to see a full body shot just to see how this really looks with the, with the shorts as well. But it's a wonder, I feel like there was an era of, like volleyball uniforms where all the girls would roll their, their jerseys up like this. And it was a real yeah. trend. I remember everyone doing that in high school. Yeah, me too. And, um, I don't know if they just have now have altered volleyball jerseys so that they're sleeveless or, or whatnot, but you can wear long sleeve jerseys. You can wear short sleeve jerseys. We should see a muscle shirt Jersey at some point. You can also, you can future. also wear, sorry, why, sorry, sorry, sorry. please. You can also wear, you can also wear three quarter length shirt, uh, jerseys. Yeah. Cristiano Ronaldo did in yeah. the the last uh, United game, and I gotta say, uh, I didn't get to bring it up last pod. I wanted to. It looked amazing. Wow, I, I had no idea. I totally missed that. I that's 
It's my favorite version of their jerseys. Is it was the like an actual? It. it was an actual three quarter length, not like a something that was cut off. I don't think so. I think it was an actual. It looked like he had had like he. I think he was the only one wearing it. It wouldn't surprise me if he was like, "I want this done," and he's the only one that got it done. Wow, I'm pretty sure it's three quarter length, and it's the classic red and white. It it looks really good. Wow. I can't believe it. I'm going to have to find some yeah. photos of that at some point. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> um, cool. Well, with that out of the way, do you want to talk about why it's a zombie league team? Mm. Oh, oh, let's do it. Yeah. Uh, this is the Halloween episode. Uh, <laughs> and zombies are an important Halloween figure. And so on that note, I want to talk about the zombies playing for mom, dad, mom memorial. Take, yeah, you got you have a lot of injured take, zombies. Ask me, thank you. Yeah, a lot of injured boys, and this is part of the this is part of the the fun with zombies, right? Is you got to pick folks who you think are durable, folks who are are nailed into starting positions, and uh, just some some you know minor issues that I'm not too concerned about. No, like you know Achilles injuries or. Uh, or torn knee ligaments, it seems. So hopeful that can just ride out these zeros and get back into uh, into form shortly. Yeah, I I think looking at this team. So uh, why do you want me to just like read out your team so we can talk yeah, about it? Yeah, please. Uh, so starting from the back, he's got Casper uh, Schmeichel. Then he's got uh, in defense Luke Shaw, Aaron Wambasaka, and Connor Cody. With interestingly Trent Alexander Arnold on the bench, I'm not sure if that was an automatic, like an automatic transfer in and out situation or not. I think um, that was a substitution. Yeah, uh, if it may have been a substitution, if he was on the bench, it's probably just because I forgot to set my lineup. I just picked <laughs> players and thought, well, it's zombie, I'm done. So yeah, I, although there's a chance he may come back in right if one of the other guys gets injured or sure. has a zero. Um, yeah. And then in, in midfield, you've got Emmy Buendia, Song Heumann, um, Mason Mount, and Bruno Fernandez. Uh, no Sala, interestingly, which maybe we can talk about. Uh, and then up front, you've got Ivan Tony, Che Adams, and Patrick Bamford. And then on the bench, you've got Ward, who is maybe the Leicester backup. Yes, that's right. Uh, Jack Harrison, Tariq Lamptey, and Trent Alexander-Arnold. And it does say... He, he- Alexander Arm was an automatic substitution. So normally you do have him playing, but he got subbed out for Connor Cody who did play. Okay. Thank you for that. So I didn't mess that up. Um, yeah. The thought process on no Mo was um, trying to spread out the money a bit more on a zombie team. I didn't want to invest too heavily in two or three assets. And then if one of them went down, yeah. Ooh, the, uh, yeah. up a Creek. So I, I tried to, spread the wealth and invest a decent amount in every position, uh, have a few or two or three quality players. My forwards are the most lacking Southampton's absolute terrible play. Uh, it's not helped with, with Shea baby up top, but, um, yeah, probably wasn't the right decision. I at least chose the wrong, uh, prime midfield player between Bruno and, and Mo, but what can you do? Start of the season, it was pretty equal. So Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, I like ju- Yeah. No, please. you go ahead. No, you go ahead. Uh, 
the Jack Harrison pick not working out too well either. Uh, Leeds have moved away from him, it seems. I don't know. I haven't been keeping up with, with uh, Bielsa's starting 11, but Jackie Boy's price is going down and his uh, minutes are going down. So tough, tough luck there, but we'll pick it up. <coughs> the good news is we're, uh, we're, we got a long season ahead of us. That we do. We have what thirty more weeks, something like that. I don't know. It's always thirty-one. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I want to ask you something. Um, how are you feeling about the uh, the double Man United defense right now? <laughs> um, well, everybody was hot on Luke Shaw. I mean, I, I like. Oh. Aaron Wan-Bissaka is my favorite United player. So, uh, oh wow, um, okay, yeah, I think his hair is really cool, and um, I love wingbacks. Wingbacks are probably my favorite position in uh, soccer at the moment. So, uh, big fan of Air Bear, but um, I mean, I don't. I'm happy with two United defenders. I don't know what answer you're looking for from me, but uh, Luke is disappointed. <laughs> Luke is Luke is disappointed from from uh, the get go this season. Everybody was riding his form out of the European Championships, and it's be, it would be hard to play like that for a full year. And obviously, your role is going to be different with with a different team. But um, you know, he's no uh, genie. What's when Autumn's first name? Genie, Gigi. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. He's no. He's he's at least in better club uh, form of this club than than Genie Wijnaldum. He's still you know contributing, getting an assist here or there. I guess he's only got one on the year, but I'm hopeful that that he can work his way into the attack more. Yeah, I also have a soft spot for Anne Wambasaka from when he was on Crystal Palace, and he was kind yeah. of for, for a year or two there. He was the wing back that everyone wanted because he was so good defensively. Um, which I think is interesting that I don't think if there was a wing back who was that good defensively now, they would probably fetch as high a price as he did just because everything about wing backs now is just about attacking. It seems like, and he's not particularly good attacking wise, <laughs> you know, I don't think he's very good. He does. He's not like, yeah, he'll defend and he'll get up there because United allow him to get up there, but I don't think he's the best crosser and I don't think he's like ready to take someone on. I, you know, like he's in the right spot. It's just I don't think like he's so much better defensively than he is attacking wise. But I haven't well, sorry, I keep interrupting you. No, you're good. That's it. That's I, I, I haven't know. watched much United this year because they always seem to play at like the six thirty slot. So I'm not bothering to get up that early, but um, yeah. England would like force the ball during the European championships. They'd force the ball up Luke Shaw's side. I think I can't remember who, which, which winger he played behind, uh, but they would just like run all attacks through that side of the field. I think it, maybe Sterling. Yeah. Was it Raz? I was thinking it was. Yeah, is, I think so. Is does United just operate in a similar way? Just like let Wambasaka kind of play a bit more defensively and push everything up. Do you guys know, have you been watching enough United? I mean, if, I'm not waking up early. I don't imagine you guys are necessarily either. But It definitely feels like the balance is towards that side of the field because I think Pogba typically plays on that side of the field too. Like he's playing kind of like left central midfield. Um, 
And so, yeah, I do. I do think that there's less that goes up that right side, which is maybe why Jaden Sancho, right, hasn't been as productive as we might have expected him to be because he typically plays on the right side. Um, yeah, yeah. I like that point. I hadn't thought about the impact that yeah. have on Sancho. Yeah, that is a good point. I hope they don't ruin him. Gosh, I hope not too. It might happen though. <laughs> I mean, don't you think though that? I don't know. I mean, it's always tough with with young players like that, especially young players who are just coming to the Premier League. It's hard to know how much of that blame to put on the club and how much yeah. of it is just like the player adapting. I would think that given the attacking power that United has, that surely Central find his, his footing yeah. even if it's in a different role than what he's used to. Yeah. Yeah, and, and he you hasn't gotta, you gotta think so. He hasn't been there that long. It's still yeah. only been like seven games so it's that's not true. His really a lot to go on his transfer was pretty late in the summer as i remember too it wasn't long before the start of the season yeah, yeah. maybe i'm wrong on that um i appreciate why the you have i think from a from a zombie league perspective and i don't even remember if i picked sun but like reflecting back on the selection process i think sun is like maybe one of the most valuable zombie assets just because of how consistently he plays and regardless of how good or bad Tottenham are like he always he's a little bit like Bruno Fernandes in the sense that he's always involved in whatever goals happen at Tottenham it seems like whether it's from an assist standpoint or an attack standpoint or a goal scoring standpoint and he's just going to start all the time yeah Sun is another boy that I love and so that's why he made the squad but uh, the the circumstances at the start of the season with the uncertainty around Kane when we locked these lineups in and the how narrow Tottenham's attack is uh, made him a... Uh, I still wanted, you know, since I gave up on Mosala, I still wanted a... I mean, I, you can't really call them top tier when the top tier is Bruno and Mo, but that second tier, like a, still a, a very good quality midfielder. And so Sun was at a very fair price and... Um, felt like the the i mean he was basically he's basically playing a forward but he is a forward not basically he's he is a forward but you get the bonus of the, Ooh, the yeah. clean sheet and whatever else whereas a lot of other players that are working like mason mount for example is a midfielder and he may be involved in the creation of some goals but there are going to be a lot of Chelsea goals without him so mm-hmm. i wish that i could have fit more players like Hyunmin in my squad but I'm uh, very thrilled with the the contributions he's made so far. Yeah. I think I'm going to end up wildcarding and I'm hoping to be able to fit Sun in the team at some point. In your real life team, right? You're not cheating yeah, yeah. zombie rules. No, no, no. <laughs> you guys can, we can always check and see if other people are cheating by just going to transfer history. <laughs> oh yeah. Let's put White on the spot right now. I feel like I feel like you would have to be super depraved to cheat in the the zombie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is the first time I've checked the the, the, Ross, the zombie roster just because it takes too much time to log out and log back in. So oh I just, yeah, I know. I, I was getting yeah. the report from you guys whenever you mentioned it in the podcast. I hear how my team was doing. I think we started out hot. I think we were toward the you top were you were in first, yeah, for a while. We fell. Yeah, yeah, but that's fine. It was uh, yeah. we're. We're just seeing, like I said, long season, folks. Long season. It'll be some. I think it's going to be. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> wow, you're so right. Uh, I think it's going to be competitive for a long time, though. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, we're always separating the top 
from the bottom by like 70 points. So literally anything can happen. It's pretty, pretty tight. I would say. For sure. You can't, nobody's going to have the nuts in a season like this. You're going to have some hot stretches, some cold stretches. Uh, So much is going to even depend on like just avoiding zeros. You know, how many of your uh, injuries? Yeah. Yeah. How many of your squad is even going to be starting or, or avoiding injury? So, yeah. Yeah. I'm happy with it. I also just really want to say that I love all the team's name, team names. And I don't, no, if it was communicated that everyone was going to do something related, like everyone was just in the same headspace with like zombie-ish names. It worked out so perfectly. Yeah. I also just want to point out, I had I didn't realize this until just now, but my team, my zombie team scored 72 points last week. I was just seeing that. Yeah. Incredible. That's a lot of points. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Many more than my regular team, at least 30 more. <laughs> a lot of good weeks. Jay had 61. Evan had 52. Yeah. Uh, I was 31, but William and, and Eli were both in the 40s, so all solid weeks. Wow. Uh, do we want to pivot to talking about your regular team? I want to do that. Evan, do you want to do that? I'm down. Whatever you want to do, big bro. <laughs> uh, all right. I'm going to walk. Should I go? Let me talk. Yeah, run please, it through please, it. Please, please, please. Uh, all right. I'm doing the same keeper combination that Taylor is, I think, with Ryan Sanchez. Those 4.5 uh, guys just play the matchup there. Uh, it's worked well, although I chose the wrong keeper this week. But what can you do? Um, I've really tied my uh, success to Wolves on defense with this team. Nelson Semedo and Connor Cody, uh, both Wolves defenders and starters on your What's I'm not the winner faces him. Yeah, uh, shove it, team shove it. Um, Livermento, everybody's cheap darling, uh, putting up points every week with Southampton, the only valuable Southampton asset, it seems. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm still holding on um, to Constantinos. Constantinos. Yeah, why do I keep trying to add another syllable? Whatever, I should just call him Simakas by his last name still on on to him from when Rabo got hurt and he was putting up some good numbers for Liverpool's defense. There's been some, just from like scanning some news sources, some questions with uh, Klopp trying to give Simakas more minutes. And so I was trying to ride that out, but it, I mean, it's hard to find minutes for him when you've got Andy Robertson and TAA. Yeah. Uh, so he's probably on the block, but he's so cheap. It's hard to, transfer out those cheap players because you don't have sure. much in the bank to, to do with it. And then a real swing and a miss uh, on the transfer market last week, I brought in uh, Andreas Christensen from Chelsea and he didn't get the start. So I, I know, was going to ask you about that. That was my number one question. <laughs> yeah. So don't read Twitter FPL advice because everybody, he was, everybody was raving about him and how great of value he was. And I mean, you guys have been preaching how, how uh, valuable Chelsea defenders are going to be with their current stretch and their, their form. So uh, right idea, wrong choice there. Uh, In the midfield, I'm going to just keep Billy Gilmore on my bench forever, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) I like him, Uh, but like Southampton, which does not produce valuable fantasy assets, but he's very cheap. So 
But he also has he hasn't played the last three games, just FYI. Is that right? Yeah. See, this is why you listen to the podcast. Yeah. Um, why isn't he playing? I think it might be form. That's rough. Okay. (laughs) Well, (laughs) you know what? Uh, He's gonna stay on my bench. That's fine. Uh I've got I got bigger fish to fry. Shoot, I'm running between Simicas, Gilmore, and Christensen. That's rough stuff there. Uh, gonna have to clean out my bench, but I don't have many train space because I used to last week. Uh, the other to bring in, uh, Emil Smith Rowe. I mm. have uh, I like watching him a lot, and yeah. Arsenal also has a pretty narrow attack where I feel like he gets involved in quite a bit. Um, and I like how Louis wears his socks, Jack Grealish esque. You can I noticed recently watching Grealish, you can see his. Uh, his his shin guard it just comes up over the sock like he yeah. doesn't he doesn't hide the, the entirety of the shin guard it's bizarre I know yeah I mean in I, the case of Emil Smith Rowe he's just like a very short like everything yeah, is, is just like compressed it feels like he is but it's like it, it's very it's a very pleasant shortness like it looks wonderful it, <laughs> his proportions his proportions are spot on is what I'm trying to say yeah um, why how do you feel about Socks over knees. I don't like it at all. Although, uh, oh, you have one of them, Rafinha. Yeah. Oh, maybe the leading sock over knees. <laughs> Son wears his high too. I don't think he wears his over the knee, but he wears his up the calf a good bit. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't. Rafinha is not. I don't view Rafinha as a very uh, trendy guy. I don't think he's really on top of the trends. His hair seems a bit like it's about a decade past when it's it like, was yeah he's just puts a lot of product in it which is yeah. maybe not like on trend right now yeah um so we we don't mind that because he's uh he's putting up great results and i think he's in everybody's team at this point how can you not have not i don't know he's not in mine i'm sorry okay no that's perfectly fine uh but yeah rafinha uh i've got sar and I've got Mo, and that's my midfield. Sorry, I'm taking too long here because all the money is in the big dogs up front Cristiano Ronaldo, Romelu Lukaku, and Mikel, McCall, Mikhail, Antonio. Mikhail. Mikhail, Mikhail Antonio, who I just learned this week is Jamaican, which makes him even three times oh, yeah. cooler in my life, in my eyes. And in my him life. and Leon in Bailey. He's very cool. Right? Is Leon oh, Bailey? Yeah. Leon I, Bailey? Forgot, I forgot that. That's awesome. Wow. That's a pretty decent team already, just thinking about them too. Yeah, especially didn't, when you're in CONCACAF. Yeah, I think, didn't the U.S. Right, yeah, right. team just play Jamaican? Yeah, that's when I learned that Antonio is Jamaican because I saw a report that he wasn't going to travel to okay. the Americas to play. Yeah, I thought that was because I watched the highlights of that game and didn't remember seeing him, but I guess that's why. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm curious to hear what you guys' thoughts are on spending heavily in, in the attack. Uh, typically, you can find some good value. Uh, I even think of like uh, Ivan Tony this year, <clears throat> or you know, there's a lot of like mid-range forwards that put up a decent amount of, of points. <sighs> I, I went ahead and invested heavily in the attacking players because it seems like this year is unique and that we have both Ronaldo and Lukaku. Lukaku, excuse me. Uh, putting up, you know, big numbers every week. But I know that traditionally you want to invest your money in the big hitters in the midfield. So what do you guys think of putting three heavy hitters up top and losing out on that clean sheet bonus or uh, 
that midfield players offer. What do you think, Evan? Um, I think I think it's fine because there's so many um, there's so many cheap midfield positions around like five five to like seven five or eight. You know, you can, yep. and so it doesn't matter if, like, if Sar is falling off or he's got a bad run of fixtures, you just swap him for one of the, there's probably like 10 players, honestly, that you could fit in those three spots. That'll be fine. So, um, I, I, yeah, I think that's kind of uh, the way things are going is like, everyone's probably got Salah, maybe Fernandez as well, but then everything else is like cheap. It's like, you've got one or two expensive guys in midfield and then everyone else is cheap. And then you throw some big bucks up front, throw some big bucks in the back and you're pretty decent. That's the way things are going right now. At least that's how I feel. What do you think Taylor? Yeah, I kind of agree with that. Although I think the, cause I also am feeling what Wyatt is feeling, which is just like the forwards are a more secure place to like put funds. And I think partially that's due to some of the uncertainty with some of the larger value midfielders like with Fernandez for instance and De Bruyne and although I've seen some some whispers of people starting to bring De Bruyne back into teams which is interesting uh, I wouldn't be doing it uh, I like this happens every year like De Bruyne is <laughs> always brought in like uh, like two months in everyone starts bringing them in yeah which I mean maybe that could that could pay off huge for you right if yeah. that if that hits I mean, it could, but I don't know. I'm also like a big proponent of just wait and see them do it first. I mean, well, I mean, what's what what? How much is it going to hurt you if you wait one or even two weeks to bring them in? You're going to lose out on like thirty points, especially because to bring him in, you'd have to drop off one of the other big producers. So it's not like you're replacing a yeah. tier producer with right, you know, right. You're, you're replacing yeah. like a Ronaldo or a Lukaku or a probably and they're going to be getting points anyway. So yeah, yeah, it's not like it's shouldn't be too much of a drop off, but no, that is a good point about De Bruyne. Are you thinking about uh shifting things around as far as, you know, um what are your thoughts on maybe how you allocate funds? Yeah, well, I'm I'm very top heavy. I feel with the with my current roster. And so the problem is it just be a multi-week, you know, which I guess that's the way all transfers work. But, you know, first you move off an expensive guy and then yeah. raise the lower price guys. But uh, I've had Antonio for a long time. I like, uh, you know, I'd stick with him. I just don't know between Lukaku and Ronaldo. I just, I don't want to move off either. Cause I watch, this is probably a bad uh, show to get analysis from too, but on the Premier League app, they have like these videos and they've got these analysts that, talk about you know who they're captaining this week and yeah. and the top candidates for captaincy and all those things and uh they are like Ronaldo and Lukaku are just always in the top names that they're mentioning so yeah I don't I mean I'm not it wouldn't be like an eagerness to move off of them for the sake of moving off of them it would just be like you know I feel like my defense is not great I feel like my fourth fifth midfield options are not great and so it'd just be a desire to spread out the wealth yeah through the rest of the team uh, have you already have you already wild carded yeah yeah you wild carded i was looking at your transfer history like week four right yeah it was pretty early i wanted to keep my uh momentum 
uh, ah. I, I had with the early season. I didn't want to relinquish the the lead. Yeah, Feels I mean, did you did, did you have a did you have a bunch of injuries or did you feel that you uh, were kind of I your can't, early I, your early picks were like not going the way you planned or what? I can't even. I think it was it was right when Chelsea got through their like worst stretch of fixtures and when Ronaldo came in, and so yeah. I wanted to have both. Like I didn't start with either Lukaku or Ronaldo, and I wanted to get both of them in at that time. So I that was the the initiative to to wild card. But now I'm kind of regretting that decision. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, they're both healthy, so it's not like it's going to cost me that much. I just, yeah. I just, I like. There's that, that I think he, I can't even remember who he plays for, but there's also like still cheap defending options like Monquillo's like four, four point one, four point two, and he's been putting up some incredible results. Like he's getting involved in attack lately. The Brighton defenders were all cheap. I haven't checked them lately. Yeah. It feels like there's some yeah. some good value out there. I just need to do a better job of identifying those guys. I guess. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, you don't necessarily have to like downgrade your big hitters you can always move laterally with the with the with you know uh, positions uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was so rude <laughs> what happened you I got so close to the mic <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't want. I felt. I feel like all the people listening to this show have got to be bored out of their mind talking about why? my team so much. No, why? That's why we're doing this. Whole point. What do you think Eli's thinking as he hears this? This talk about me. He's wow, I Ronaldo can't believe why is so nice and he's such a cool here's guy. Here's what I think. Here's what I think Eli wants to talk about. <laughs> what? So I'd appreciate in Discord if you can let us know if you hear this, Eli. How? So in in American football. Also, real quick, how do you guys navigate calling soccer and football? Because I I I feel terrible when I call I, it football, but half the time I call it football. This I, football, I, I don't know. It's but I but don't I'm know. in my brain because when I talk out loud, I feel terrible. If I just want to go, to I the think booth. I think yeah. I feel anytime I actually say things out loud, I say soccer, but that's not how I say it in my brain. As as you were okay. saying, I'm glad there are more of us out there. Yeah. Evan, you seem to be stuck in a hard place with this debate too. Yeah, I mean, I think if I'm a, if I'm talking with other people like you guys, I would probably say, say football more. But if I'm around like my coworkers who don't know anything about soccer, then I'm probably saying soccer. So. Yeah, the other thing that's been eating me up inside. How so in the. the Anyway, you don't need to know how my brain's working. Yeah, right no, now, but come on. I was come just going well. And the other thing is that in fantasy football, which I'm in a league with a few of the folks in here, um, there are like point scoring things you can do to make quarterback the quarterback position more valuable, the tight end position valuable. These positions that fantasy football doesn't give much credit to, we've in our league like fiddled with the points so that it's it's more fair and it's not just like running backs and wide receivers. Uh, sorry. So what I'm trying to say here is how in the world can we make sixes more valuable in fantasy soccer scoring? Because like you can get Declan Rice and Calvin Phillips in uh, in Ingolo Kante and Yuri Telemann, Telemans, Telemans. Yeah, uh, I don't know what Jorginho's, Jorginho's price is, but it's probably pretty cheap too. Do you think that this is just a, the way that fantasy soccer is always going to work? Do you think that there's something that fantasy Premier League could do to the point system that would make those players 
as valuable in fantasy as they are in real life? Oh, great question. I love that. Let's talk about this. Yeah. I can't wait. We've never talked about anything like this before. I don't think. Um, yeah, the passes completed category, but then that toys with everybody or like a tackle was made. I don't Yeah, I was just thinking like, is there some kind of like, because the only defensive stat that we have is clean sheet, right? Mm-hmm. Is that, and that doesn't really kind of cover what a defensive midfielder does. Um, yeah, oh, gosh, I don't know. I mean, the, the tackles thing is like one thing that I would think about that would help to raise the value of someone like Conte or Declan Rice or Calvin Phillips. But even that would, I don't think those would be the best players in that statistic necessarily even, right? Like yep. it's possible that, you know, either a defender, like a, I don't know, Virgil van Dyke makes more tackles in a game than, um, you know, uh, Fabinho or whoever's playing defensive midfield um so yeah i don't know i guess there are probably there are probably like really deep stats you could do like you know an equivalent of like xg for like Mm -hmm. cutting off xg if you wanted to like get really analytical about it yeah i don't know evan what do you think um well i'm actually looking this up right now um hold up that's interesting no, sorry. go on. Uh, do you, go do you, on. No, do you no, need a minute while need, you look that up? Yeah, I do. I do. If you don't, I'm interrupting you left and right. And so I don't want to say sorry, but I do feel bad. <laughs> do I have permission to speak? Yes. Okay. I feel like real soccer talent evaluators struggle with like that position in soccer is just very difficult to to find the value in because like Calvin Phillips plays for Leeds, like Angola Conte you know, was nobody until he was suddenly the Ballon d'Or winner. Didn't he win the Ballon d'Or? Yeah, at least was a finalist. I think he I think, won it one year. I, I think he might have. That's a good question. But yeah. Um, and so, like, uh, Tielemans, or again, I can't think, is it Yuri? Yuri Tielemans, the Belgian yep. midfielder? Yeah. Uh, like, also similarly plays for a smaller club, Declan Rice. I feel like so many of the best sixes in England are like just just come out of nowhere you know it's not these superstar strikers or wingers or attacking players who their talent is evident through their goal scoring no matter who they're playing against or who they're playing with I feel like that it's just an impossible position to quantify it's it's like in the face of all the analytical ways of of measuring and evaluating soccer and every other sport that's like the one thing that we can't, and maybe we can, maybe there are ways that I'm not as versed in, in soccer analytics, but I feel like you, you just know the effect that those players have on the game when you see them in a, in a good team, but by themselves, if they're on a bad team, they don't always stand out or like, there's no, you know, they're not scoring goals. They're not making saves theoretically or like as a goalkeeper would, I don't know. It's just a hard, in all facets of evaluating soccer, it's a difficult position to value properly. Let me, let me throw this at you. What if, and this could be totally a terrible idea, but what if you actually had, what if it were possible to have a formation that had a fourth line in it, like a defensive midfield line, and that line didn't get, um, like it got, um rewarded for goals and it got rewarded for 
clean sheets, but neither of them as heavily as a attacker or a defender would. So it's kind of like an in-between sort of via media. And you could choose to have that position in your formation. Like you could set up your team in a formation that included that player, or you could, um, or you could choose not to have that position. Yeah. Anything yeah, to say? Uh, I haven't been talking too much. Oh, uh, that's definitely an option. Um, I don't, yeah, that's kind of an odd place to, you know, it'd be kind of hard. I don't know. It would be kind of interesting to see how that would play out. Um, what I was going to say is that there's, well, two things. First, the Fantasy Bundesliga does something um, for this. Um, I don't know how well it works, but they have a they have a line that is every five duels that you win, you get a point if you're a midfielder. Hmm. Um, so if you win five duels, you get a point. Um, now, you also get, if you're a defender, you get two points for that. So I think it kind of is supposed to help like give more defensive minded players a little bit of a boost. What I was going to say is you could do something like that with like um, duels one or tackles. Um, but I kind of think maybe one place to go. One, one thing that needs a revamp anyway in the game um, is the bonus point system. Hmm. Um, and I think if you revamp the bonus point system and maybe threw in, um, like more weight towards uh, duels won and passes completed, um, tackles, things like that. If you weighted those more heavily, then maybe you'll get bonus points more often from those players, making them more valuable. Um, that would be that would be another option. Is is maybe you know tweaking it so that way they can at least get bonus points, um, even if they're team gets even if they're not involved in the attack maybe they they get a couple bonus points because uh they helped keep a clean sheet even though they only get one point for a clean sheet they made a bunch of tackles so they yeah they they should get a couple extra points i don't know do you evan do you think that the bundesliga way of doing it the duels won do you think that would be better or do you think it would, it should be like passes completed? Like Wyatt said earlier, like every five passes completed, you get a point because I'm not thinking that like someone like Jorginho, right. Is probably not involved in a ton of duels, but he's just passing the ball like crazy all the time. Yes. Um, Yeah. Well, I think right now they have it set up that, that, that stat affects the bonus point system right now. So they could just change it to where pass is completed. Um, but then you also got to think about how does that affect defenders? Um, is that going to weight defenders too heavily? Because um, if they're just like passing the ball around, going back to the keeper, you know, then they're racking up a bunch of points when they didn't really do anything. So I don't know. It's, it's kind of a tough position. Uh, I think there's definitely – improvements that can be made but i definitely think it's kind of tough but i would love to see those those players be involved more um in the game because they are valuable assets and probably yeah they just get overlooked in the game and i think that's an issue 
Yeah, I was like, when I, I thought of this at first, because I was making my team the before the season started and I was scrolling through midfielders and I was looking for values. And it was like, I think Declan Rice was 4.5 at the start of the year. And it I, like the, my immediate reaction was just shock after watching the Euros and how well he played. And then I thought about it and I was like, well, yeah, of course he's 4.5. He's like, what is he going to do? Uh, yeah. that, that's yeah. fantasy relevant. And so I didn't add him to my team, but it made me wish that, because I love sixes are fun too. But like outside of a wing back, I like probably sixes the next most on the field or yeah. like eights, like my sweet Prince Paul Pogba. But uh, anyway, I just yeah. wish that we could properly evaluate those players. Yeah, it is yeah. just kind of wild that, you know, some of the best and most fun players to watch of all time, or at least of, like, recent soccer history, like Pirlo or, like, Iniesta mm-hmm. or whatever, like, probably wouldn't be rewarded. Or, like, Busquets wouldn't be rewarded super well within this system. It's just very interesting. Yep. Yeah, and if and if the, if they figured out a way to make it even just slightly more in, uh, intriguing, it doesn't have to be, like, a world-changing thing, you know? It can just if they're maybe getting three or four points a game rather than just two or one, then it's like, Oh, maybe they are worth the 5 million price tag um, because they're at least going to give me three or four points a game. Then that's like a much better decision. I think. Um, Cause it's not like they have to change it to where, Oh, now these players are like so valuable that they are bumped up with the new price change to, or the new scoring system to like a seven or an eight, even though that's probably like where they would technically be if we ranked them, they don't necessarily have to fix it that way. If they could just make it a little bit more appealing for where they're even at right now um, to make them a little bit more valuable. um, I think that would be great. And it would just open up the game. I mean, just think about, I just think the more players that are good picks in the game, the more fun it is. I mean, I've played seasons where it was just boring because everyone had like the season that everyone had Salah uh, when he had scored like 30 something goals, everyone captained him. It was basically you pick Salah, you captain him and then whatever else you do um, it's whatever. Um, And then even like the Leicester, this team, the, the season they won, um, it sounds like that was like a big thing. It was just like, get Jamie Vardy, get Riyad Mahrez. And, and that's like, that's how like everyone plays the same way. And that's when it's like, not as fun. That's why I like this season so much. Cause there's so many players. It's crazy how many top teams there are. I've never, if well, not never, it's been a long time since I felt like there were this many teams that I shot at the, at the Premier League title. It's a lot of fun as a, as a neutral yeah, ish. Well, neutral among those teams of the shot. Of the- <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> How are you feeling about Tottenham this year so far? <laughs> My indifference grows each year. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh. I, uh, I love Hyunmin Sun, but otherwise, I don't know. It's they're trying hard. I'm glad that uh, that Josie's gone and. So it's praise be. Yeah, praise be. They're, they've been more fun to watch. I'm happy that Lucas Mora is getting some playing time. I feel like every time he gets run, he, well, not every time, but he is a productive player. And I think he deserves the playing time that he's gotten this season. So happy about that. Um, otherwise, I don't know. I don't know why 
Daniel Levy won't get rid of players who don't want to play for Tottenham. It seems like that's such an obvious decision. And so this year it's Kane before it was Toby Outerworld and uh, who else was it that was trying to leave and he, he went. Uh, so, oh, Christian Eriksen. Yeah. Uh, mm. It's just like, if they went out, just sell them. Like, even if I don't understand, but whatever. Um, and so it's like that kind of dampers the excitement or like the fun of cheering yeah. for your team when it's, you know, that not everyone is excited to play. I don't, you know, I'm also just really ready for Eric Dyer to leave. And, uh, <laughs> yes, yes. And, oh my God. And same with Delhi. I like Delhi. And yeah. I'm happy to cheer for him, but I just think he would do better with a fresh start elsewhere. So yeah. this Tottenham team has been stuck in the mud for like five years too long. You know, like yeah. when, when Kieran Truly. Trippier was sold, like Trippier and, and Kane and Delhi were like huge pals. They like hung out all yeah. the time, were, were big chums. And then I feel like like after, shortly after Trippier was sold, they should have like followed suit with this generation of players not long after that's also just like how you have to succeed if you're Tottenham is you know you sell Gareth Bale to Madrid and you use that money for other like gambles for players who could turn into Gareth Bale you do the same with Harry Kane I know Harry Kane's the hometown kid the Tottenham fan all of those things but the model for success is buying all these you know 18 year olds that that aren't yet ready for the big four six or however many you want to call the big group but buy those 18 year olds and hope they turn into superstars and then some a few years later and trying to, yep. to to keep them all through their whole career just hasn't worked yeah it's so hard to watch them play this year and just like it, it's for me it's impossible to not think about just how much 120 million pounds could change that team you know yeah and Kane is Kane is playing so badly. It's really just like kind of sad to watch, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Their attack without him those first few weeks looked more exciting than it has been since he's returned. So, yeah. It's yeah. and you have to play him too because then if you sit him on the bench, then his value just tanks. Like I don't know, whatever. So the uh, same exact thing happened with with Ericsson and Alder Weirald. You just that like the. I don't know. Soccer players are a finicky bunch. You got to get rid of them when they want con. And even the big clubs do this, right? I, well, I guess yeah. Mbappe would, was kind of held against as well this transfer window. But like even the big clubs, when a player wants to leave, they say okay and sell them to one of the only other three clubs in Europe who can afford them. <laughs> so, yeah. It's either PSG, one of the Manchester clubs, or uh, who am I leaving out? Madrid. Yes. Yeah. One of the they just sell them between those four clubs. Yeah. Is it uh, cynical of me? Sorry. No, you, you go ahead. You go ahead. I was going to say, is it cynical of me for, uh, like, is it cynical of me to hope that uh, the shrewd businessman, Daniel Levy, ends up, like, not getting as much as he should have on Kane, and it just kind of, like, falls flat in his face? Like, I kind of hope that that's what happens, because everyone seems to think he's, like, so good at his job because he, like, forces people to sell players for a small amount of money and he tries to get the most out of players. And then like he does this. And I think at least right now, it seems like this past summer was the summer to sell pain and he's only getting older. He does have some ankle injuries in his past. Like I don't see, 
I just don't see how much more they would get from him. Um, and like from a playing standpoint or money wise. So it's like, I kind of hope, I don't know. I just don't, I just don't know that Daniel Levy is as wise and as shrewd as everyone thinks he is just because he's stingy. The, the toughest, is, that, is that a bad take? Is that a bad take? I don't know. Well, the toughest part for me is that the, the Spurs aren't in the Champions League this year. You know, like, what is the, what are you trying to, like, what is Kane good for, I guess? You're not going to win the Premier League with Chelsea and City and Liverpool having the teams that they have this year. You could, I guess the hope is you qualify for a Champions League spot for next year. But I don't know. I feel like you should almost just throw in the towel on this year and aim for 22-23, but whatever. Uh, yeah, I don't – whatever happens is what's deserved now, but it's frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like the, biz- the like, shrewd businessman uh, kind of persona is largely based off of, like, a bunch of deals that happened a while ago. It just doesn't feel as relevant to the deals that he's made in the past, like, four or five years, to me at least. Yeah, it's always hard to. I just I never know how much uh, of that is. Uh, soccer attributes a lot to the manager in terms of like talent acquisition and getting the guys that they want. More so, I feel like than coaches of American sports. And so I'm always mm-hmm. unsure of how much to uh, you know say was Mourinho's doing, how much is Poch is doing, and how much is Levy's doing. That's see, I think saying. a lot of it comes down to Levy as far as like whenever they didn't get what they wanted, it was probably because Levy didn't want to pay them, pay that amount, you know? Yeah. And it's, and it's tough because Levy responds to the, the owners. And so, you know, yeah. I, I, again, it's just like, I agree that I'm sure that he's due criticism, but what is, uh, what is y'all's sorry? Go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I, I don't mean to argue against you and say that he's not, Oh. Uh, deserving of criticism yeah. i just I, i'm always unsure of exactly how much blame goes to yeah which parties that's fair i mean we had the same everton had the same conversation this past summer with like uh well is it marcel brands was that his signing was it carlo ancelotti signing was it Mashiri's our owner's signing like our does our director of football need to be more clear in what he's um what his responsibilities and roles are so I understand that. Do y'all have what is he what is y'all's football hierarchy like? You've got the manager and then you just have owners. Do you have a director of football that is supposed to be in charge of transfers? What is Daniel Levy? Uh I just had to look it up because I wasn't sure. His title is chairman. Uh so chairman of the I, board. Guess, I guess, yeah, chairman of the board. Um, and then it's an ownership group. So I guess he is acting on behalf of the owners and in that sense. So he's basically director yeah. of football ops and yeah, and, uh, the ownership groups representative. So in that sense, he is much more in control of the financial decisions than I would. I communicated a few minutes ago. I like the director of football model. I think it makes sense if it's executed well. Um, that's kind of my qualm with Everton right now. Is I wish they would do a better job at that, um, and I wish owners would have a little bit less say in who they bring in and just shut up and pay. But that's just me. And I, I would hope that Spurs would adopt that at some point, but um, it seems tough to work with a man like Daniel Levy, to be well, honest. Well, they actually, they actually do have a director of football starting. <laughs> oh, starting like oh they, that's year. right. 
the yeah. Juventus they guy. They brought in right? the Juventus guy. Oh yeah, I forgot because they were going to bring in. Too. They wanted to bring yeah. in Conte with him, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I forgot, I forgot about, that. about that. I haven't heard his name. It's what does he uh, Fabrizio Petrici. Yeah, and oh, they brought wow. him in. I guess like it was at some point last year, right? Yeah, yeah it, it was over the summer. Yeah. It was, okay. Yeah, it was right before Conte was supposed to sign. Yeah, that's right. So maybe there just hasn't been a ton of time for that to kind of like yeah. take at the club. Sure. But sure. It's interesting. I totally forgot about that. Oh. <laughs> uh, cool. So, uh, oh, uh, wide's oh, dog oh. has to poop. So <laughs> I was gonna. I was gonna say, I, uh, my dog has to poop. Or uh, I have to poop. <laughs> every, everybody's dogs have got poop. We've I all only got typed sh- it. We've all Just so got clear, shit. I'm not embarrassed. I'm, I'm not embarrassed to say this. I only I only typed it for this exact reason. When she has to poop, she starts barking like this. So cool. I was I was typing that while muted so as to not curse your ears with this loud dog barking. But alas, the boys have made me say it to prove I'm not a coward. I can say out loud that my dog has to poop. Is 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 there anything else you want to say, Wyatt, uh, before you go? I. I want to kiss you each with two lips, but I can't. I, I want to say that there's nothing that would please me more this Halloween season than to just sit um, on the couch with you, Wyatt Keener, and make some popcorn, make some um, what you, puppy chow, muddy buddies, whatever you want to call them, wow. and watch and watch Hubie Halloween. Oh no, my All dear right. friend! Let's do it. Let's watch Hubie <laughs> Halloween. I can't wait. I haven't watched it yet. Evan, is this going to be a, uh, your annual tradition? I I hope so. I hope it becomes an annual tradition. I I am going to watch it at some point this year for sure. We'll see nice. if it lasts. So, Man. Taylor, you want to wrap us up? I guess. Uh, yeah. So you're I mean, invited like to watch Hubie Halloween. Like too. a mummy. Please watch Hubie Halloween. Um, yeah, I'll wrap us up like a like a big a big mummy. Uh, I'll be the Brendan Fraser to the podcast mummy that is uh, <laughs> getting wrapped up here. Uh, I just want to say a huge thank you to Wyatt for joining us. And oh, um, bless you, Wyatt. Bless you. Yeah. Uh, kisses. For My two Wyatt. kisses for each of you. <laughs> I use two lips on those. Oh, thanks. Um, and I guess we'll we'll talk to you all after game week eight. Sound good? Can't wait to listen. Sound good. <laughs> all right. I'm See so you boys sorry. later. I'm so Bye. so sorry. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Alright, I'm stopping the recording. Bye y'all. Bye.